Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast. Coming at you solo for the first time in a long time. I really wanted to have a guest on for all of these um, off-season divisional previews that we've been doing. My work schedule just made it impossible for this one. I just have not had free time that matched up with anybody else that was willing to come on and do a pod. So, as I said, coming at you solo. Getting back to my roots, uh, if you've been listening to me for a while, you'll know my first, I think, 50 episodes were solo, so it's definitely a different, uh, it's a different thing when you're recording solo. When you're recording with friends, it's basically a conversation. You have conversations every day, so you can kind of tell in the moment what's working versus doing a dialogue where you're like, I have no idea if anybody's going to want to listen to this. So it's very different. But uh, getting back to my roots a little bit, it should be pretty cool. And I look forward to, uh, to giving you a good podcast. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the AFC North today, and we're going to start at the top. With the Baltimore Ravens sitting at plus 155 to win this division. They're over under win total sitting at 10. They went 8-9 and nine last season. And it's easy to remember that disastrous ending that they had. But they started 8-3. and three. They were the number one seed in the AFC North after week 12. They were 8-3. and three. Of course, Lamar Jackson goes down. They lose their last six games. And that was the end of the story. And really, that was just the icing on the cake for that season. Injuries just doing the Ravens in from the beginning of the season. Uh, both of their starting running backs going down, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, before the season even started, you had Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, both out in the secondary. So just injuries all over the place. There were those injured team in the league. We talked about Lamar. Ronnie Stanley missed a good portion of the season as well. So when you talk about injury luck, a lot of people like to say, oh, yeah, well, that injury luck is going to correct itself. And I tend to agree, but not so fast because just because you had bad injury luck last year doesn't mean that you're going to have good injury luck this year. So I see a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, so it's regression. And that's generally the case, but that doesn't just completely make you immune to having bad injury luck two years in a row. Uh, it's kind of like the, uh, an old gambler's adage, just because there's been 10 reds in a row on the roulette wheel does not mean that you're due for a black. It's still 50-50. Those injury odds are still the same as they were last year. So... I wouldn't necessarily guarantee that the Ravens are going to have in good injury luck this year, particularly with Lamar Jackson with his play style. But if they are to have that injury luck, I really like the outlook of this team. Um, they get all those guys back from injury. As I said, Lamar Jackson, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Then you add to that, they add Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton at safeties. Marcus Williams, of course, in free agency. Kyle Hamilton in the draft. They had Kyle Fuller as well, so that secondary getting fortified, and it was already pretty good uh, with Humphrey and Peters. Uh, you had Morgan Moses in free agency to that offensive line. Tyler Linderbaum, uh, now the starting center, so Ronnie Stanley coming back. This offensive line should be really good, and of course, they get the two running backs behind the offensive line, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. You bring back a healthy Lamar Jackson. They do lose Hollywood Brown, but even when the Ravens were at their height, like they weren't really getting huge production out of Hollywood Brown. And even if Rashad Bateman like like makes a marginal leap, I think he could still at least get you to that production that you were getting from Hollywood Brown. So I really like the outlook of this Ravens team. That one hole that you could say that they might have, of course, is that wide receiver. And as I said, you don't really need that. You've got one of the best pass catchers, period, in the league in Mark Andrews. He just happens to play tight end. So he's your number one receiving threat. Uh, the fact that they don't have a number one receiver on this team, it, it doesn't worry me at all. I really like the outlook of this team. I am 
playing the over on their win total. I think this team finishes 12 and 5. Plus 155 to win the division, I think, is a solid bet as well. I mean, if you just look at their schedule, they should start out the season 3 and 0. They're at the Jets, they're home for Miami, and they're at New England. I think they're going to win all three of those games. They have a home game against Buffalo, and that'll be a big one, particularly when deciding. Uh, seeding at the end of the season. Those are two teams that I think are both going to win their divisions and you could be fighting for a number one seed. So that early game, week four, uh, could really go a long way to deciding the AFC. They're home for Cincinnati after that. Cincinnati beat them twice last year. I don't see that happening again. I think uh, the injuries just really hurt Baltimore last year and Cincinnati was able to take advantage of that. I think you see Baltimore uh, correct that. I think you see them go 4-2, and 5-1 and one in this division. At worst, I think they split with Cincinnati. Then they're at the Giants. I think that's a pretty easy win. Home for Cleveland without Deshaun Watson. That should be an easy win. At Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, both potentially losable games. But then they go into their bye. Uh, Then they're home for Carolina at Jacksonville. Both very winnable games. Home for Denver. That uh, You could say it's a coin flip. I give the edge to Baltimore there. At Pittsburgh. I think they're going to sweep Pittsburgh this year. I'm down on the Steelers. At Cleveland yet again. Uh, Watson should be back for that game, but at that point, Cleveland might be out of it. Home for Atlanta, an easy win. Home for Pittsburgh, likely an easy win. And then they're at Cincinnati. I've got this team going 12-5, and five, possibly 13-4. and four. So as I said, plus 155 to win the division, over on the 10. And then I also like them plus 1,500 to finish with the best record in the league. 13-4 and four could easily do that. They have a pretty easy schedule, uh, just looking at it. I don't know what the numbers say when you say the strength of schedule and the adjusted this and that uh, for rest and all the other analytic stuff. All I know is I'm looking at this schedule and I think the Ravens are winning 12, maybe even 13 games. So lock me in on that plus 1500. I think Baltimore is going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. That is going to move us on to the team that was actually in the Super Bowl last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. They are sitting at plus 180 to win the division. The over-under sitting at 9.5. Now that is juice to the over, so you have to lay up minus 135 if you take the over. Of course, they finished 10-7 and last year, lost in the Super Bowl to the Rams. And that is the key number there, is that 10-7. and Everybody remembers the Super Bowl run. Joe, uh, Joe Burrow going out and you know playing his ass off this defense playing way above their heads but let's not forget that they were a 10 and 7 regular season team so not really lighting the world on fire and that was against a last place schedule they're playing a first place schedule this year uh that offensive line was weak they were lucky to win the games that they did in the playoffs uh in spite of that poor offensive line but they add Leo Collins and Ted Karras to it, so they get a little bit better. But uh, as a Cowboys fan, I'll tell you, if you're signing Leo Collins, I hope you like holding penalties because he just seemed to, I mean, it just seemed like there was a 20-yard play getting wiped out by a Leo Collins holding penalty at least twice a game uh, when it was in Dallas. Uh, I'm not sold on him. Like He's an upgrade over what they had, I guess, but he's not turning you into a top flight offensive line and you might sit here and say oh well they don't have to be top flight Joe Burrow did great with the 32nd ranked offensive line last year if they just get up to 20th uh, he'll, he'll be even better I, I, just because he overachieved with that bad offensive line last year and they get marginally better doesn't necessarily mean that oh yeah that's all he needs like no quarterbacks need offensive lines look what happened to Joe Burrow in his first season he was he was knocked out for half of it so if you're not protecting your star quarterback man he it's it's a dangerous, dangerous prospect, man. I'm just not sold on this Cincinnati team uh, just because of their offensive line. And I think the defense, as I said, really 
overachieved last year uh, in the playoffs. They really don't have those big-name pass rushers. I think they're weak at corner. We saw that get exposed. Uh, Eli Apple just getting absolutely barbecued in the Super Bowl. So I think I see this team taking a bit of a step back. But, of course, uh, if I'm playing devil's advocate, Joe Burrow is just that dude. Of course, you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, arguably the best wide receiver duo in the league. In fact, if I'm talking fantasy, I see Jamar Chase going in the first round. I think T. Higgins... It should be right behind him in the second. He's lasting until the third, even the fourth round. If there's a Cincinnati wide receiver I want, I'm going after T. Higgins. I think you're going to get more production, more consistent production out of him. I think Chase, of course, is going to give you those more of those boom games, more of those 150-yard, two-touchdown type games. But Higgins is going to give you those solid seven, eight catches for 80 to 100 yards, the occasional touchdown. So I think Higgins is being seriously undervalued and up. Uh, He's definitely someone I'd have my eye on for fantasy. Uh, going through the schedule on this team, that they start out with a pretty winnable game, home for Pittsburgh, then they're at Dallas, at the Jets, so probably a 2-1 and one start. Home for Miami, at Baltimore, as I said, I think they lose that game. At New Orleans, it's tough to go into New Orleans and play. Everybody knows that, and I think New Orleans is going to be very improved this year. Home for Atlanta, they likely win that one, even though I am higher on Atlanta than most. And actually, when you look at it on paper, Atlanta actually does match up well with this Cincinnati Bengals team. Yes, Cincinnati has a high-powered offense. The Falcons have uh, a weak defense, but where the Falcons are strong is that corner. They are the, one of the only teams that has two corners in Casey Hayward and A.J. Terrell that can match up uh, with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. So look out for that game, by the way. That might be an upset special early on in the season, but I digress. Uh, at Cleveland, likely a win with no Deshaun Watson. Uh, home Carolina, likely a win. Then they have their bye. They're at Pittsburgh, at Tennessee. Then it gets really tough. They're home for KC, home for Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, at Tampa Bay, at New England, home Buffalo, home Baltimore. So when you look at those last four games, I mean, they could easily go 0-4. You could be sitting there at, at say, not, uh, you know, a 9-4 nine and, nine and four record. And looking like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to go over these over those nine and a half wins, and you lose your last four, and you're done. So I think they do finish with nine to ten wins. It's, I think they could win that game at New England. They could easily beat Buffalo or Baltimore at home. So I think they land somewhere between nine and ten. I'm not confident enough to lay a bet on it. If I was going to say anything, I would say under, just because you're getting the plus money on the under nine and a half. So you're getting around plus 110 right now versus laying the minus 135 on the over. So I'm going to lean towards the under just for the value. But I think the better bet is the plus 125 to miss the playoffs for the Bengals. The AFC is absolutely loaded. All four teams in the AFC West look like they could be in prime position to make the playoffs. In the AFC South, you're going to have the Colts uh, likely, I think, winning the division. But then you still have the Titans and maybe even the Jaguars. Uh, they're going to have those easy games against the Texans to bol- bolster their resume with some wins. And they could be looking at sneaking two teams into the playoffs there. So uh, plus 125 for me for Cincinnati to miss the playoffs is my favorite bet on them. Now, early on in the regular season, I was all about fading Cincinnati. I was all over their under. I was looking at five straight Super Bowl losers going under their season win total the next year. I was looking at 
the fact that Cincinnati played the weakest schedule of pass defenses last year, and they flipped that, and they played the strongest one this year. So there's a lot of reasons to be down on this team, but I think the pendulum has just swung too far the other way. I just feel a little bit better about that miss-the-playoffs bet. Normally, you'd be looking at it like, man, what if they make the playoffs at 9-8 and eight and you would have won your bet? I don't think you're going to have that issue in the AFC this year because, as I said, it is loaded. You're going to have those three AFC West teams definitely making it. So it's going to be the other three divisions and that fourth AFC West team fighting for one wild card spot. So I think it's going to be tough sledding to make the playoffs in the AFC. Nine wins is not going to do it. So I feel very confident in that plus 125 to miss the playoffs bet on the Cincinnati Bengals. That moves us on to the Cleveland Browns news coming down yesterday that Deshaun Watson's suspension will move from six games to 11 games. Did not have the effect on their season win total that I thought it would. As of today, uh, the over-under for their wins is sitting at eight. It was eight and a half. So just moving a half game, their division odds going from plus 300 to plus 400. Of course, in the next few days, you're going to see that shift. Now that this news has broken, I think the public is going to be all over the under. So if you want to play uh, the Cleveland Browns over their win total, I would suggest that you wait because this is definitely going to move. If you want to play the under, though, now is the time to jump on it, get on it while it's at eight because it will not be there longer. You could see this get down to to seven and a half, seven, maybe even six and a half by the start of the season. They did have a promising offseason. They signed Amari, they traded for Amari Cooper from my Dallas Cowboys, of course. They uh, make the big trade for Deshaun Watson, and they return a very deep roster, arguably the best offensive line in the league, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio, uh, Jedrick Wills. They do lose J.C. Treader at center, but you're still, you're still returning four starters. You have Nick Chubb behind that solid offensive line on the defensive side of the ball, Miles Garrett, Tenza Ward, Greg Newsom, Jadavian Clowney, Grant Delpit, Josh Johnson, Jeremiah Wusakoamoa coming back for his second year. He should make a pretty big leap. This team is absolutely loaded, but a couple of big questions. And number one is the quarterback. Obviously, they they make this huge investment in Deshaun Watson, and now record scratch moment. He's not going to play for the first 11 weeks and enter Jacoby Brissett. I know this team is loaded, but is he going to be able to give this team what they need at the quarterback position. I'm not 100% sold on it. And then the other issue they have is that Kareem Hunt, you might have noticed when I went through their weapons, I didn't mention Kareem Hunt, and that is because he wants out. He does not want anything to do with Cleveland. He wants to go somewhere where he is the lead guy, and I don't blame him. So, I mean, you're talking a two birds, one stone situation. What can Cleveland do? How about trade Kareem Hunt for a rental quarterback? And everybody's mind is going to immediately go to the biggest rental quarterback name in the market right now, which is Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah, that sounds good. But to me, I don't think the 49ers are going to do that. Um, They have a loaded backfield already. Uh, They always seem to have these running backs coming out of nowhere, too. Uh, They drafted Trey Sermon last year, Elijah Mitchell coming out of nowhere and stealing that starting job. So I really don't think that the 49ers have any reason to trade for Kareem Hunt. So that moves us on to another team, the Philadelphia Eagles, a very deep team. This is a team with no holes on it, but questions at the running back position. Miles Miles Sanders, the health uh, questionable coming into the season. So Gardner Minshew backing up Jalen Hurts. Uh, Granted, Jalen Hurts, the running quarterback, he's thus far unproven. Uh, So far, the signs have been good from him at camp. He has a great connection with A.J. Brown. Are the Philadelphia Eagles confident enough in that to move Garner Minshew and maybe a pick for Kareem Hunt? I think it'd be a great trade for both teams, and I would love to see Garner Minshew get a shot. I've talked about him at length on this podcast. I really think he's a better quarterback than he gets credit for, and I think he deserves to start somewhere. I mean, he lit it up. I mean, 
lit it up relatively uh, there in, in Jacksonville. I think he played well uh, given what was around him, and I think he's never really gotten a fair shot. Of course, the one game that he started last year, you saw him play fair, really well uh, in that Eagles offense. Granted, it was against a lowly Jets team, but still, I think Gardner Minshew is better than Jacoby Brissett, and I think he would improve the Browns' chances if they were to make a trade like that. Uh, we'll see if they're and, and his his price point is low too. He only thinks like makes like a million dollars a year, so they'd be able to fit him in under the cap, um, which is big for them because they're already investing so much money at the quarterback position, giving uh, Deshaun Watson all the money that they did. Going through their schedule, they start what's three, four pretty winnable games. So you'll see the direction that this team season is going right away because if Jacoby Brissett can hack it at quarterback, you're going to find out in these first four games. They are four very winnable games at Carolina, home for the Jets, home Pittsburgh, at Atlanta. Look, if you're a playoff team, you beat all four of these teams, three and one at absolute worst. You have to get out of these first four games with at least three wins if you're the Cleveland Browns because after that, you're home for the Chargers, home New England, at Baltimore, home for Cincy. So all those much tougher games in their first four. Then they go into their bye. They're at Miami, at Buffalo, home Tampa Bay. Then the Sean Watson is eligible to come back at that point. They're at Houston, at Cincinnati, home Baltimore, home New Orleans, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. I've got this team starting out 4-0. But that middle of the schedule is tough. And then you have Deshaun Watson coming back. And he they'll probably win that game at Houston. But then you go at Cincinnati, home Baltimore, home New Orleans. So uh, at Cincinnati is going to be a tough one. Home Baltimore, home New Orleans, two tough defenses. I don't see Deshaun Watson just coming in, having not played real NFL football in over two years, and being like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be a great quarterback all of a sudden. I do not see that happening. I've got this team finishing eight and nine, maybe seven and ten, so slight lean to the over right now, but I'm just, I, I really like the depth on this roster, and I think that they're going to be able to take care of business against against other bad teams. I think they're going to be that good bad team this year. They're going to get a lot of wins against the bad teams, but when they match up with these good teams, with the Baltimores, with the Chargers, uh, with the Buffaloes, with the Tampa Bays, I think that they are going to be no match. So maybe they sneak into a playoff spot, something like that, but I don't see them... Uh, getting double-digit wins this year. So given the, the landscape of the AFC, they would really have to get a huge boost from Deshaun Watson. He'd have to come in and win them five of those last six games uh, if they were going to get to double-digit wins and make the playoffs. I don't see that. So right now, slight lean towards the over. But as I said, I'm going to wait on this because I think you could see this total fall uh, now that Deshaun Watson's suspension has been moved up to 11 games. I think you could see this get down to at least seven and a half. So I would be waiting on that uh, if you feel like me that this team is going to win eight games slightly into the over. Just wait on it and you'll get a little bit more value. Finally, we are going to wrap up the podcast with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, plus 1,000 to win the division. They're over under sitting at seven and a half. They finished nine and eight last year, lost in the wildcard round to the Chiefs. That is right. It's really easy to forget. The Pittsburgh Steelers made the playoffs last year. They absolutely overachieved. Ben Roethlisberger was statistically the worst starting quarterback in the league by, by several measures, by the way. All the analytics just absolutely roasted Ben Roethlisberger. He was a corpse last year. He just So whatever you're getting, for, uh, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, they're both upgrades over Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Mason Rudolph, maybe not so much. He's kind of a guy that uh, I don't think should be in the league. That's kind of questionable to me. Uh, you look at the defensive side of the ball for this team and the fact that they have Mike Tomlin as their coach. And those are, if you're betting the over for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that is what you're hanging your hat on. Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. Uh, this defense was already great. They add Miles Jack. They add Levi Wallace. They steal 
Larry Ogunjobi from the rival Bengals. Uh, they already have T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, Cameron Hayward, Devin Bush. This defense could be pretty incredible, but that when you look at the offensive side of the ball, it looks great when you look at those skill position players. You have Najee Harris, uh, who projects to make a huge year-two leap. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Firemuth, George Pickens. Where do the Steelers keep finding these wide receivers? It seems like every year after year after year, they're finding these second, third, fourth, sixth-round picks in the case of Antonio Brown that are just coming in and lighting the world on fire. The Pittsburgh Steelers, man, something in their scouting department, they know how to find wide receivers so, so when you're looking at the skill positions it looks really good and then you say oh well if you know Mitch Trubisky could just come in and be better than Ben Roethlisberger or if Kenny Pickett can steal the job as a rookie they're looking like they could really do something but this offensive line is absolutely atrocious so you really don't want to bank on the Steelers doing well just based on their offensive line it is so poor uh, whoever's playing quarterback back there whether it is Kenny Pickett whether it is Mitchell Trubisky uh, they are going to be running for their lives behind this porous offensive line. With that being said, if Kenny Pickett does win this job, younger quarterbacks that can move around a little bit. We we saw it with Joe Burrow last year and the year before. If you you have the capability to get away from the rush, you can still make stuff happen downfield despite a bad offensive line. So I'm going to play the under on this 7.5. We'll go through their schedule in a little bit. I think they finished with 6-7 to wins. uh, But if Pickett is that dude and he can make some stuff happen with these weapons on offense, I could easily see this team booming. And uh, I think the Ravens win this division, but if I was going to place a long shot bet, plus 1,000 on Pittsburgh, I mean, why not, right? Uh, I could just definitely see the season playing out in a way where they are the division champs. Uh, you have some more injuries in Baltimore. As I said, everyone's counting on that positive injury regression for the Ravens, but that's not a guaranteed thing. Uh, just because there's been 10 blacks in a row does not mean the next one's guaranteed to be red. It's still the same odds of injury as they had last year. Uh, if that happens, if you see the Super Bowl hangover from Cincinnati, obviously Cleveland with their own quarterback woes, there is definitely a world where Pittsburgh is winning this division. And plus 1,000, it, it's not bad value if you like the Steelers. I'm on the other side, though. I'm, I'm going to go with the under. They start the season. I, I think they're going to go 0-3 to start the season. They're at Cincy home for New England, home for Cleveland. I think they likely go 0-3. Then they're home for the Jets. They can win that one. But then at Buffalo, home Tampa Bay, both most likely losses. At Miami, at Philadelphia, who I'm high on this year. Uh, Then they go on their bye. Home New Orleans, home Cincinnati, at Indy, at Atlanta, home Baltimore, at Carolina, home Las Vegas, at Baltimore, home Cleveland. I've got this team finishing... 6 and 11. So I've got them going under the 7 and a half. I'd hate to do it. Mike Tomlin, one of my favorite coaches in the league. And I could see myself eating my words because Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his tenure in the NFL. So as I said, if you're high on them, go go big or go home. Take that plus 1000. If you're not, then you're you're looking like me and you're betting the under on this team season win total. Uh, that is going to do it for the Pittsburgh Steelers and that is going to do it for the podcast. If you've been enjoying the guests that we've been having, I do apologize that you had to suffer through me solo this week, but next week I'm making it up to you. Three guests for the first time in the history of the Let It Ride podcast. Next week we will have three guests on to close out this off-season series that we've been doing with the best division in football, of course, the NFC East. We're going to have a fan from each team in the division, myself, of course, representing the Cowboys. And then we're going to have a guest for the Eagles, Giants, 
and Commanders as well. So that should be a great episode, and I can't wait to record it. Until then, everyone, thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.